Hey, everybody. Welcome to Augmenters. I'm Julie. And this is Jimmy. Hello. We are two business founders who started out as solopreneurs, yet found our greatest success when working with others. Mentoring is key to incredible relationships, and the Augmenters platform will help you get further, faster, because great relationships lead to better business and more fulfilling lives. You are here because you want to help others shine and see the light in themselves. We will support you in your mentoring journey with advice, tools, and stories that will augment your relationships to the next level. So strap on your earpods, prepare to listen generously, and become an augmenter with us. Jimmy, I forgot my headphones again. No worries. Just turn up the volume into this next Augmenters episode. Jimmy. What's up, Julie? How you doing? I'm excited. We got a conversation with Jeff Herman. Jeff is kind of an OG and he is just one of those guys that every time you meet him, he's got something great to say and his energy is so calm and cool and collected and straightforward. I got a ton out of this conversation. As did I. I mean, you might have mentioned three things, calm, cool, and collected, but Jeff gave us the four levels of LinkedIn and how to crush it. I am never not amazed by how many people that we talk to here that bring up LinkedIn in some way or another. Of course, going back to our meeting on LinkedIn, if it was not for LinkedIn, we would not even be here today, which is shout out LinkedIn, I guess. Do people shout out LinkedIn? Only nerds like us. Only nerds like us. But it's an awesome tool and it gives us some, some good ways to use it. Ties into our second point with Jeff about authenticity, where you can actually show up and be genuine on LinkedIn and just throughout your, your business and especially mentoring life. It's a big deal. I feel that I felt validated about our authenticity on this podcast, which people who know us and listen would know it's pretty authentic to us. We're authentically authentic. Authentically nerdy mentor geeks. <laughs> Maybe just authentic mentor geeks. AMG? Sure. Yeah. That acronym won't, won't stick. No, it won't stick. <laughs> but I, um, I love authentically like the creativity. And, <laughs> and then, then I think our... his, his last point definitely stuck with me. I feel like at the end of every interview, Jimmy, as I head into like, you know, my weekend after our time together, there's always something that sticks with me. This totally sticked with me when he talked a bit about how he shows up as a parent and his kind of future mentoring for his children. Should we say what he said? No, let's let it come up authentically in the conversation. Perfect. Well, here we go. Jeff, welcome. So good to see you. How are you doing today? Excellent. Thank you. Thrilled to be here. Thrilled to join the Augmenters podcast. Thank you for having me. We are so glad you're here, Jeff. I've known you a very long time. So long, I don't even know where to we start. We shouldn't calculate it. No, not. <laughs> we should not calculate. Let's definitely not calculate it. But I've always appreciated you. Love how you have had a corporate career. You've had an entrepreneur career. Your own startup. You've been doing your own consulting. You've been corporate again. And you have this special superpower, which I think we'll hear a little bit more about as we go on. But Ooh, it would be great. That's a good great. tease, Julie. That's a great tease. Try to keep people rolling through. That's right. Um, and and yeah. the superpower isn't quite Deadpool, right? No, I wish. I mean, we're setting the hook, but stay tuned, everyone. <laughs> Jeff has sons, so knows exactly what that is on our all-female team over here. We would not know that. But yes, Jeff's superpower will become evident before you know it. But in the meantime, Jeff, tell us a little about yourself. It's interesting you mentioned the journey, right? So now at the point where I'm looking at the seasons or the chapters, you know, looking back, oh, and this chapter and that chapter. And, it, and I haven't spent much time thinking about the chapter corporate 
to entrepreneurship, back to corporate, but I'm really starting to evaluate that now. And I did have, so generally speaking, live at the intersection of content technology and data and have had a career in market research and media research and all things insights and analytics. So really just trying to help companies understand trends and behaviors and then how they can monetize those trends and behaviors through data sources, right? Through quantifying. And it's been interesting, long career. Julie, am I allowed to mention how we met? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you can. (laughs) If you you preface it like that, then very much so. Yes. Okay. So my first, I'll say the first, if there's anything to take away from the podcast, the first key takeaway is always have three key message points. So starting my career in 1999. (laughs) And you're going to have to say how you you got that. How you got that. Go ahead. Right. Yes. One of my first and best ever managers who I still keep in touch with on a daily basis today taught me about three key message points. And and his name is Jed and he happens to be married to someone on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And while Jimmy and Jed would make a very cute couple, it, it is definitely me. Right. Absolutely. So it's been interesting that those, you know, three key message points have stuck with me and I just used them the other day. And now obviously the message points evolve over time, but I have to say the big takeaway really meandering here with this story about this entrepreneurship to corporate journey, big takeaway is some things never change, right? So be it an entrepreneurial environment or a corporate environment, always having three key message points. And I just, I guess I had to plug Jed out of the gate here, but you know, that's really compelling. It, you know, other people know it as the elevator pitch but always remind and reinforce why you're here, what value you add. And that's kind of overarching this career has always been like, how do you just deliver value? And that does come back, right? And that and that's often having a career in sales as a, I've always considered myself a salesperson, sales is in my DNA, but it's value delivery, which enables you to then to build the relationship. And I can get into my, one of my models here, right? The break the ice, build trust and credibility and become a trusted advisor. That's, we'll leave that, right? But Ooh, yeah. so I'm, I'm doing a very long, answer. Yeah. Yeah. I have more than we can shake a stick at, but so I don't know that, that I would just say kind of let's bring to a close the first question. <laughs> Tell us about yourself that it, it has been interesting scratching the entrepreneurial itch around eight to 10 years in that area. And I feel like I did it and I'm actually thrilled at this season in chapter in my career to be back in a corporate environment. So Jeff, thinking about a corporate environment, thinking about your chapters, thinking about the entrepreneurship journey, where would you say mentoring has maybe showed up sort of the most? And what would be the comparison between the two? We always envision as entrepreneurs ourselves, this like fabulous corporate system where like you get this mentor given down from above and somebody really cares about, you know, and as entrepreneurs, you're just hustling for like anybody to give you advice and give you connections. How would you say the two are different? They're extremely different because corporate they try to be intentional about mentoring, but it doesn't often stick well. Entrepreneurship, you are hustling, you're pushing it. You're often on your own trying to make things happen. Actually, it's more organic. I find mentoring in the entrepreneurial environment more organic. You kind of can glom onto somebody because you have a real burning desire to solve a problem and you see someone else who's probably even several months ahead of you. And I feel like entrepreneurs, there's more of a, it's a shared experience or a shared appreciation for problem solving. And, And entrepreneurs, are more, I would say, quite frankly, even though they're busier, they're more generous with their time because they know what it takes and how you have to push, 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 and that you can't rely on this big, massive team, right? You really just have to rely on sound advice from a handful of people that can help you make progress and move the needle. And at corporate, no offense to corporate mentorship programs, but they're just not as intentional and they're more, I don't want to call them formulaic. Performative? Um, just, yeah, it just depends, right? I mean, it really just depends on, on the situation. So the mentee is always the one that has to take the initiative and take the action. The mentor is glad 
to help. But in the entrepreneurial environment, I feel like it's it's more of a two-way collaborative situation. In the corporate environment, I think it's on the burdens on the mentee to keep pushing and keep being proactive and keep moving things forward because the mentor, you know, it's it's probably a formalized program. No matter what, the burdens on the mentee to kind of make things happen and, and make it easy for you know for the mentor to collaborate because you know you don't want to say how do I do this. You want to say I tried X and Y and Y blew up in my face. X might work. Would you have a Z for me? You know, something like that. Jeff, I think your comment about entrepreneurs as mentors, even though they're busier and often be more generous with their time, that was a, a really insightful comment. We haven't heard that necessarily stated such a way before. Do you have an example where you can remember in your life where either you, know, you were being mentored or as the mentee and you're like, oh, wow, this person is continuing to follow up, but maybe instead of like a scheduled one hour a month for lunch, it's like 30 text messages throughout a month that happen to be a little more actionable or something like that? Like, is there a specific difference you can speak to? Uh, yes, in fact. And that's interesting. You talk about method of their collaborating because in the entrepreneurial environment, it often is quick text, quick calls, quick nuggets, quick progress, you know, pacing, right? How are we doing? Blah, 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 blah. In the corporate environment, it is more like, let's take an hour and meet for lunch once a month. And it's just, it's a pace is a little slower. Credit to the company. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> somebody else is paying for lunch. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah. Entrepreneurs, yeah. like you just are bringing your own. That's what you got. Yeah. And, and somebody and, else is paying for your time. More importantly, yes. than paying for lunch. Yeah. Right, 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 right. I do have an example. So someone I hired at at the digital agency I worked at was an insane, he's an insane entrepreneur to this day, right? And he's just a bundle of energy, probably the most aggressive person I've ever met. <laughs> Not Jed. Uh, <laughs> no, he's... <laughs> Yeah, this one is like, his name is Brandon. And I hired him. He's five-ish years out of school. Just insane. Just really just a ball of energy. And he evolved and he left the company to start his own company, right? So the work we were doing together around, you know, in the sales and marketing environment around lead generation, he perfected a piece of technology that would help others scale their outreach and scale their communications. And so we kind of flipped the script where I was at one time his boss, right? And he was the mentee, so to speak. And we did a lot of real time, you know, I, my support to him was more around positioning and go to market and how do you engage with corporate executives to sell a solution. But then it flipped to where he was in a startup environment, building a SaaS platform as, you know, a SaaS company. He's such a source of inspiration, literally a nonstop go, go, go type of person that I tapped his source of energy to help remind me to keep chasing goals and to take the bias for action and just to keep keep the motivation and the activity going. So, you know, it, it's an it's an activity-based energy that you can pull from somebody. And, and it's, you know, you look at someone who's driving such a high volume and is so intense, even they have different situations, no kids, not married. All right, then you just have to make different trade-offs. So it's just been interesting to observe that scenario, though, how that's how that's evolved and how we kind of flipped positions. I'm picturing Brandon to be a mix of the Tasmanian devil and Conor McGregor as the most yeah. aggressive person you've ever met. Yes, it's probably fair. I'm just picturing him chasing you and you being like, all right, all right, all right, all right. And that's one of our, that's our, actually our last principle is evolution and how we've seen time and again, the mentor-mentee relationship flip and flop and swap back and forth depending upon where you are. What do you feel like you learned from him now? If you feel stuck or if you're just, you feel like you have a problem, Activity solves your problem <laughs> because you'll find an answer. And maybe that's through volume and repetition, right? But think that it's important to just not overanalyze and just take action. 
right? And just get after it. And the more you analyze and contemplate, it's good to be thoughtful and deliberate, but I think sometimes just activity is what's most important. And figure, you you know, you bounce around and you find a way. I'm literally pointing now to my whiteboard where it says mood follows action. And, you know, when you're like, oh, I could really use a mentor. Okay, well, if you sit there, the mentor is not going to show up. Right. If you're feeling down about that, you, you can change that feeling. So I, I love that. A bias for action. I hadn't thought of that before. That's a great one. It's great. But you both, well, because you both sort of teed me up for my big reveal here about one of the things I always think about when I think of Jeff, which are many things, but between lead generation and um, sitting there waiting for a mentor to come is everybody's favorite social media platform for busy executives is LinkedIn. I don't know if you know Jeff, but Jimmy and I met on LinkedIn. Jimmy asked me if I would come speak at his class in uh, March of 2020. And it was the last trip. I took in March 11th. I spoke in the class that he was teaching at Tufts University and we got a chance to meet. And then one thing led to another. And now we're here talking to you on this podcast. So you never know who you're going to meet on LinkedIn. And we've been sort of mentors and mentees for each other in the stretch of time, both as entrepreneurs. You, I believe, have some kind of award from LinkedIn, a degree from LinkedIn. I don't know what. (laughs) I think it's framed. I've seen it before and I am always in awe. So please tell us about your, your LinkedIn. I wish it was an award, but it was, it was just a thank you. You can say it was. Yeah, I I could. It's a frame. I did get a framed picture from LinkedIn, but it was a thank you gift for speaking at one of their conferences. So that's good enough. That's good enough in our book. Yeah. During my entrepreneurial days, and LinkedIn is the best way to break the ice, build trust and credibility and become a trusted advisor. There's a method of using LinkedIn and it's a four-stage process. You can observe, participate, curate, or create. And if you want to scale relationships and revenue, you have to walk yourself up that maturity. And so those that's that's kind of my uh, LinkedIn in a nutshell. <laughs> but why it's important to not just stalk and just sit there. And if you want to observe, and that's fine, I use it for intel. And who's this person? Where'd they go to school? What the role? What what are their motivations? Who are they connected to? That's fine, but it's superficial. You're just scratching the surface. So often you hear about the, the importance of creators and creators on YouTube or creators on TikTok or creators on Instagram. But LinkedIn is a great creative platform uh, to share your unique point of view and to share your knowledge and expertise, to have build credibility as an industry expert. But the question I often is get, well, I don't have an original point of view. I'm not a creator. What do I say? Well, that's fine. Don't worry about it. The level three is curation, like C-U-R curate. And you can curate other people's insight, news articles, research reports, put your spin on it, always source it, obviously. But the act of curation on a consistent basis, being in the feed, being present, being visible, adding value gets back to that whole adding value component. That's, that's very important. And so, you know, I, to this day, probably two to three years ago, I was extremely active when I was hardcore entrepreneur, extremely active on LinkedIn, probably publishing video twice a week. One would be recorded. The other, I would go live quite a bit. And, you know, I would have people I hadn't seen in years uh, because of the journey I've had over my career in different companies feel, oh, I feel like I know who you are still. I feel like we're still in touch because I see you on LinkedIn all the time. And there are people I wouldn't hadn't talked to for several years who feel like we were still like close buds simply because of the presence and the activity and the personable nature of the way in which I would publish on LinkedIn. And which gets me to one more thing. And I'm on a roll here. No, authentic. Authentic. Boom. You hit it. Yep. 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 Don't worry if you, if you aren't a polished speaker, 
it doesn't matter. It, it just be yourself. And if someone can watch a video and feel like, hey, that's you, and they meet you in person, that's fine. Like, don't you don't have to be a news reporter. You know, you don't want to deliver in an authentic way because then people just kind of dismiss you. I love it. On a roll. I've never heard of the curate part specifically. And I it didn't click in, I was starting to see a lot of this in some of the channels I look at. Specifically, I'm thinking of, uh, there's an individual who I don't think has any of their own content, but just literally talks over anything Michael Burry, the investor has tweeted about. Uh, Michael mm -hmm. Burry is the guy from uh, The Big Short. The Big Short, yeah. Yeah, who called it early. And that's the individual's entire channel, like over a million subscribers. But maybe a 10-minute video has 30 seconds of this individual on video. Everything else is like pictures of tweets and him just reading the tweets. Yeah, isn't it funny that you can literally repackage? I mean, there's a whole industry around the media industry. There's there's a lack of journalists and reporters. And so a lot of the industry is repackaging. You know, Joe Rogan has a three-hour podcast three times a week. And there's a whole industry around people like dissecting clips out of Joe Rogan and Mark Zuckerberg said this, Mark Zuckerberg said that. And that's news and it's crazy. But yeah, you certainly can build a presence and build a following by curating other people's content. And once again, sourcing, right? And hey, if you do the sourcing, you tag someone up, maybe they'll hit you back. Well, and that's a good question. You know, I think it's great to hear about the different ways you can show up on LinkedIn. And I think as we're thinking about people coming to this podcast, thinking either they want to be a better mentor, they want to get a mentor. How would you recommend they go about using LinkedIn for, for that? What would be your tips in terms of somebody who's coming to either be a better mentor or to look for a mentor on LinkedIn? Let me take it from the mentees standpoint. LinkedIn's a great platform to figure out who you should connect with in your industry, be it you want to solve a problem today or get to a point in the future, right? You want to strive for a point in the future. And look, flattery helps a ton and it matters, right? Hey, I've been following you. I see you've done XYZ in your career. That's amazing. I'd love to learn how you got to where you are. Here's where I am and here's my goal. Here's my path. Would love to share, just learn your perspective on things. And so from a mentee standpoint, using LinkedIn, for example, if you go after a mentor and they look back at you like, who is this person? What are they doing? Make sure you've done your homework and make sure you put forward the effort and the, the activity to show that you're really serious, right? So come armed with having done a deep dive on your industry or your role or or where you want to be and, and use LinkedIn to publish, in quote, meaning share content on a consistent basis, just so when someone hits your profile, they're it's like, oh, that's pretty dense. I actually was speaking to a college class this week is uh, for Ohio University's ever advertising research class and a someone I work with is actually a, an associate professor at OU and he had me speak to his class and a lot of it was really just use the platform build up your profile it doesn't matter if if you uh, show horses right if you don't have like as they would say like a real job like no I'm I'm in 4H does anyone know what 4H is <laughs> and I show horses Yes. Well, that takes time management, it takes discipline, it you know, all the all the things that matter when you're caring for an animal and competing in the ring in, you know, in the equestrian area. You know, that's just a random example, but I could say the same for college baseball. If you play college baseball, the discipline, the training, the mental game that you have to, that it takes to play baseball. So just, you know, use the platform to really show who you are, like show up and invest in it. Cause I invested in LinkedIn a long time ago, 2003. I think I was one of the first million people to join. You know, I continue to invest in it and that's why we're chatting today, I think. <laughs> Among many reasons. Among many reasons. Right.
But I mean, yeah. Were you a first baseman in college and do you own a horse? So I was not an athlete at all growing up, but my wife was and my kids are. So I'm like, and this is the joke, right? I'm not sports dad. So there are a lot of sports dad out, sports dads out there who dress just like their kids and they wear their hats backwards and you can't tell them apart. That's not me. I'm business dad, like with a newspaper and the podcasts sitting on the sidelines. And so I take heat. For my for my kids, eighth grade and eleventh grade, I'm not sports dad. You know, I'm not out there coaching and this and that. I said, but listen, I'm business dad. <laughs> and when you're in your twenties and you're trying to get the next job or trying to get promoted or trying to sell something, I'm your guy. So <laughs> sorry I'm not sports dad today, but your friends when they're struggling in their career and they have no one to turn to, you got me. Oh my God. <laughs> so, so Jeff, you have no dad. idea how validated I feel. Oh my God. <laughs> Because I've never been crafts mom. You know, there's always the moms who like did the crafts and the party and they like they had it all down and they could like do the things. And I'm like, girls, when you need a business plan, you need an right. investment, like you need whatever, like you need a marketing yeah. strategy. You're, I'm going to be the first person you're going to call. And like, I exactly. cannot. Yeah, right. How cool is that to have and think that? about the impact. So yes, there's formative years, your children, you know, you get them through their 20s, perhaps, right? But from, you know, 20-ish to however long. Wait, can you talk about the perhaps part of that? It seems like an important perhaps. Perhaps they get through their 20s. Like, Well, you have well, you, them. You get them until oh, okay. then, and you, then they're on their yeah. own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and, you know, <laughs> some leave the nest sooner than others, yeah. But I'm saying as long, and that this is from a mentoring standpoint, as long as you have a long and fruitful life, you can have uh, an impact on your kids' lives for, you know, well into their professional career. And so, yeah, and it's just a vision of labor, right? It's It's... Hey, there's somebody to do the crafts. There's somebody, somebody's parent will contribute that element. But yeah, that's really where I always literally say like, oh, my swing is bad. It's like, can't help you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but you want to sell something? You know, I literally tell them the movie Wolf of Wall Street, right? So yes. I, um, Rob Reiner's role, like that's me. Like I'm, I want to be the dad. Now, obviously, you know, with, take out with a, with a little less felony. Yeah, less felony, less no drugs. drugs. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. I think it, you know, at some point, I love working, I love business. And so if I can then work for one of my kids someday, that's fantastic. Jeff, have you read or listened to Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, the Nike star? I have, twice. So that, that's another great business dad, I feel like. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, he was, I actually was jealous or appreciative of the relationship. He called us dad every night to talk about you know the day and i didn't have that relationship with my dad great great guy but we just didn't have that kind of camaraderie i think at the moment i'm just burp dad and i can help my six month old oh right yeah right i'm pretty good at that yeah with her for you because yeah. i wasn't <laughs> oh, oh i can't make her burp i can just burp with her i meant okay yeah. oh there you go yeah like I, I can i can help with the swing yeah you know, right i can show you how to do it yeah Jimmy's the birth mentor at the, at the moment. Then you evolve from there. That is such a huge aha, Jeff. I really love that. I hadn't thought of that at all, like around that idea, especially, and Jeff, you knew my dad, who was a real, a huge mentor to me. And I wish, obviously, you know, in the last five years, I've had a chance to talk to him about all this. And I think he'd be really jazzed about this podcast and the mentoring piece too. But yeah, it's incredible to be able to be a mentor to your kids in that way. And they will be, I mean, your children may be professional baseball players. So actually, but they're going to have to manage their money and their yeah, right. account. There you go. Yes. So even if they're all the professional baseball players are still on, on uh, well, LinkedIn. So I put my older son on LinkedIn for the purposes of recruiting. I said, Hey, look, you got to show like a diverse perspective here. And so, yeah. <laughs> 
Is he curating? Not and, yet. Not, not yet. yet. I, I actually jump into his account on occasion and just throw a few likes on stuff, you know. <laughs> Make a few connections. That's enabling. That's enabling. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Try not to do that. So, Jeff, that actually leads me to, I think, my like last question, which is, you, know, you, you said at the very beginning that you live, you know, at the intersection of content, tech, and data. And nowadays, a mentoring relationship has... You can find so much more content about the other person in it. There's numbers available as well. And now in mentoring, there are a lot of platforms specifically designed to, you know, smashing people together of like creating relationships without necessarily a lot of thought behind it or just non-context, just data. What are you seeing? If we're talking about 2050, how do you think individuals will be finding each other, interacting with each other? If we've already said, hey, in the 80s and 90s, classic mentoring was lunch one once a month. Now it's texting once a day. If you had a crystal ball, what do you think is going to happen? And you have a much more, I think, clear view uh, to 2050 than most. Oh, wow. Mentorship. At, yeah. Mentorship at scale. In this, I didn't think about the opportunity here, but the metaverse, immersive, you know, 3D experience, you know, I, I often, I don't have my Quest 2 headset here with me. Historically, we were limited by physical availability. Like literally, can I get on your calendar to go meet for coffee and blah, blah, blah. That's gotten a little better because we're so used to jumping on a Zoom. And I think you can connect with more people globally because everyone, you know, the playing field has been leveled post-pandemic because everyone pretty much knows how to fire up a Zoom now in the professional world, right? So yeah. even, and that wasn't always the case. No. Right? You had, you, not at all. I mean, you <laughs> had to a virtual like... company, like people would be so baffled. Our clients would all get on at the same time. They'd all have their speakers on and right. it was like the echo and yeah, it's, it's changed. Right. So it's just the past year we were forced, you know, the past two years, we were forced to level up our skill set. And even I, you know, I, I have another video that I had four quick tips to optimize your video conferencing setup, but Ooh. you know, background camera at eye level, good audio, not a cluttered environment. Always face the window. Don't have a window behind you. Cause there's nothing worse than like someone with a window behind them and the sun comes in and they go dark. It's like FBI. So, <laughs> so the metaverse, you will be able to probably build while there's no replacement for direct human interaction, you know, face to face to achieve scale and connectivity with people where you literally throw on a headset, meet in a room, you know, in a virtual room. And it feels a little more personable, right? Because you can see facial expressions and you can get a general sense what, you know, what their avatar looks like, if assuming they model it after their own self. I think there's a huge opportunity for mentorship into the future. And, and there's probably the Soapstone Comedy Club in the metaverse. Have you guys heard of that? It's, it's a no. comedy club in the metaverse. And, and so that grew up during the pandemic. So if people want to go to a comedy club but can't, leave your house well they went to the soapstone so i could see a mentoring institution in the metaverse you know so, so whoever wants to run with that idea go for it um <laughs> well we did actually have a vr expert on previously and who continued to remind us that our name is augmenters which was our own non-knowing we were foreshadowing foreshadowing i didn't even i was i looked at the name i wasn't sure what that augmenters okay that just dawned on me that's what the name well, it wasn't intentional. To augment, right? That was the okay. intentional part. I just was thinking August. I had, I thought, I back to the August. Season. And you're right. like, why would they bring me on in September? You know, WPF. I know, exactly. I'm, yeah. I miss the most important month of the summer season. Right, right. <laughs> I would totally agree. I think it 
could add that level in between the in-person and on screen and, and all that too. But I think we have to get headphones first, Jimmy. We have to look a lot cooler. All right, Jeff. Well, as we're wrapping up here, this has been so great. Thank you for these great tips. Do you have any, when you are in mentoring relationships, are there any resources that you tend to share specifically with people? Is there like your go-to book, your go-to TED Talk, anything like that? Probably had more of a little tribe in when I was more entrepreneurial because once again, you're just like trying to solve real problems today versus, you know, the longer time horizon that you have. Look, I still have my hustle, you know, <laughs> it's like within reach, right? So I, even though I... For I, our listeners, Jeff has a... Yeah, what's that? Like as jigsaw. a wood, yeah, a wood hustle on his desk. Yeah. So you got to hustle no matter what, right? And that's kind of just the pressures of uh, achieving growth. But I think just goes back to the consistency and continuity that people are willing to provide advice and provide, share their experiences. And it just goes back that keyword authenticity. Like if it feels authentic and it feels like it's not because you have to, but because you want to, it's pretty cool. Jeff, I, I, I got a couple really quick hitter questions of just, if I say something, I'm curious about what your immediate response is. Burrito. That's a good one. I was thinking, <laughs> Always uh, works. I was thinking taco, but close. So do you have a no fly list or anything to not do when you're approaching? a mentor like is there something that really peeves you yeah putting the burden on the mentor to figure things out like if you're the mentee you have to lay it out perfectly here's my ask here's when i hope to get together here's the time i'd like to connect with you and this is sales 101 right you don't say can we get together next week you say can we get together next wednesday at 10 because i have xyz to show you and at least that's a specific ask and then someone can say not 10 but how about two versus hey can we get together next week uh maybe <laughs> yeah. it's too vague so you know just it just be precise you're not being obnoxious i don't think right and there's persistence there's polite persistence supporting an obnoxious but be precise in your ask and even if you don't know exactly what you're looking for maybe own up to that like hey i don't know what i'm trying to do here but it looks like your career has thrived in this area so i'd love to just you know, i don't like the word pick your brain but... <laughs> that's come up on a lot of people's no fly list yeah that's great. This one will be closer to the burrito rapid fire. When I say mentor, what do you think of? Someone old. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know. But that's not true. It's not true at all. Because like I said, I had a mentor who was 10, 15 years younger than I was. So if I say mentee, what do you say? Someone with a thirst for knowledge. If I say sponsor. Yeah, you can't say that <laughs> word to me without thinking me thinking advertising. And lastly, what happens if I say coach? Someone that's instructive and helps you run plays and provides motivation. Love it. You pass with uh, flying colors. You deserve your lunchtime burrito. <laughs> oh, nice. All right. Excellent. Thank you. You could get a certificate from Augmenters next. We really appreciate your time, Jeff. Thank you so much. Julie, you got to love talking to communications people. Jeff is so good at lining it up, giving the key takeaways, and without telling us ahead of time or us prepping him, he hit at least three of the principles of augmentering, where he was talking about consistency, you know, Alex Trebek, the spirit guide from principle six, he was all over with his relationship with Brandon, principle eight, the evolution of a relationship, and somewhere along the way, as he was going through seasons versus chapters, Jeff was made for our let's get phrasy segment. I just had the instinct that he was going to be an Augmenters superstar. And he definitely was. It's funny, the three key messages, to be honest, he got that from my husband, Jed, but guess who Jed got it from? <laughs> 
it all comes around. I decided not to say anything in the podcast, but it was sweet because Jeff worked with Jed when we had first started dating and I was working at a PR agency and I was talking about three key messages and somehow it stuck. You know, you can't go wrong. Three key messages, you can't go wrong. I always just come back to it. But speaking of key messages, my mind was blown as you could probably hear on this podcast and you could tell when Jeff talked about being business dad. And you know what? I'm sorry. I can't help you with the swing. Like talk to your coach. It's not my thing. You want to talk about your career? You want to talk about how to get ahead? You want to talk about how to land the sales? Call me. But dad, I'm seven. (laughs) Doesn't matter. Does not matter. You should always have a business. Does not matter how old you are. Well, fun fact, if you own a business, you can pay your children usually 12 grand a year and pay no taxes on that. I didn't know that. Regardless of age. Very interesting. Thanks. A good fun fact. <laughs> so as a new dad, what kind of dad are you going to be? People may follow Liver King on social media. So I think I would just be Burp Dad would be my social media handle. Burp Dad for now? Yeah. I'm really trying to reduce the amount of crying between bottle and burp. Yes. And just Burp Dad. You're not burping. Bad stuff is happening all the way around. But I do have to say the idea that you are allowed to be okay with not being able to play many, many roles in your kid's life and that there's other people that they can talk to and know where your value is going to be. is just mind blowing, especially as a mom. I've always felt like there was a lot of things I was like not great at. Like I never quite, I mean, any kind of crafts we did like never turned out quite right. But man, those girls, as soon as they got any kind of business ideas, Dave, Natalie called me and said, mom, I'm wondering if you could talk to my co-founder. I was like, oh yes, I'm ready. I'm here for it. Let's get on a Zoom. (laughs) Amazing. I also love Jeff comment about bias for action mm-hmm. and that I think it ties back into Kraft's mom versus birth, um, not birth, Kraft's <laughs> mom versus business dad, but that you should be leaning into what, what you naturally get motivated by. And that's the same thing for the mentoring relationship because we're talking about Kraft's mom and business dad as sometimes parents are in a way mentors for their kids. And if you don't tend to want to get excited about a topic, then get out of that and find where you automatically go towards action. And that's where you're going to have a more authentic relationship and it's going to lead to evolutions in a much more genuine way and probably a lot more profitable, happier, quicker like all the value prop ways. Yeah. And like a more sort of productive relationship. I think like with anybody, you know, if I asked you like fashion advice, that's like you not, you know, it's clearly, clearly we're not the right people. So you could spend a lot of time having a lot of conversations with us, but like, it's not going to get anywhere. And even as a mentor, people ask me sometimes about very specific corporate, I'm a VP. I want to get to an SVP, like a large corporation. You know, what do you think I should be thinking about? It's like, I don't know. I have never had that experience. I'm not the right person to talk to. I can tell you things that have worked well just in negotiations for me over time, but I, I don't understand the corporate environment. I'm not the right person for you. So I think just having that honesty with yourself is, is really helpful. Amen to that. Stick to what you know. Stick to your knitting. That's another one Jeff would probably appreciate. Have your three key messages. Know what you need to do and, and just do it. I feel like that's the other thing and we got from Jeff. Master the four levels of LinkedIn. Observe, participate, curate, and create. And go forth. This was a good time, Jimmy. Sure was. Thank you, Jeff. We hope this episode was brief yet bright, and now it's time to read us out. And remember, we are here because real relationships have the power to transform organizations and build dynamic communities. Go ahead, Jimmy. Absolutely. Augmenters supports mentoring that matters. Visit our website for the best interactive mentoring content at augmenters.us. Share our podcast with someone you care about someone who needs a new mentoring relationship in their life pronto. We welcome questions and suggestions via email. Hi at augmenters.us.
or via social media with our handle at Augmenters HQ. Shout out to our producers, Erlen Cato and Sean Omendam. Thank you. Augmenters out. See ya. Thank you.